Hey everybody, it's Moose of Doom here with another episode of the Moose of Doom podcast. Today I wanted to take a little bit of time and chat with you about the idea of, uh, one, ignoring your numbers, especially early on, and then two, uh, continuing your content for the people that are there. Uh, and these, these are a little bit abstract com- uh, concepts, but I think we can get through it here, so why don't we go ahead and get started. So... When you're first starting out with your content creation, uh, it can be really poisonous to your mindset to be totally absorbed by your numbers. You'll notice yourself looking over at the corner of your screen, like, "Oh my gosh, I have a, I have two viewers right now, or I have five viewers, or I have a hundred viewers." And you know, I'm not, I'm not used to this. Like, and you start behaving differently, right? Well, you don't want to do that because it gives you, it gives your viewers a, a false impression of who you are and what your content really is all about. Uh, And the other thing is the people that are already there, you know, when you have five viewers are going to feel really cheated when you have a hundred viewers and you're acting so differently. They're going to feel like, well, you know, we like the, the creator that's here when there's just five of us. We don't like this, you know, fake uh, over the top or like, overly aggressive or whatever person that comes out when we have more people around like that's that's going to give them a bad idea and a bad taste in their mouth and they're they they stand a better chance of leaving in the long term as your channel does start to grow because they're going to feel like okay well if this is what happens when this person has 100 viewers you know what's going to happen when they have like 200 or 500 or you know 10,000 you know this person's going to go completely off the deep end and I'm I'm not comfortable with that community anymore that situation so they're going to leave. And, you know, depending on where their threshold is for leaving, that could really, really hamper your growth, uh, even in the short term. So just be mindful of that. Don't don't worry about your engagement level on your posts. Don't worry about your viewer count while you're streaming. Don't worry about, you know, any of those numbers. Because the truth is, especially early on, you're not nearly big enough to worry about being a quote-unquote influencer or selling your influence uh, to potential uh, business partners. You know, you have to be much, much larger than a following of 100 or like an average post engagement of 50 uh, to consider something like that uh, from what I have learned about the industry. So you're far better off just putting your content out there. You know, still try to, to do the best you can. Put good content out there at good times in good positions about relevant topics, especially relevant to your community, and, and you will see growth. But don't change everything about the way that you behave just to try and uh, squeak a few more engagements out or, or, you know, a few more page views or something. Because the truth is those don't matter in the short term or the long term. Like you, what you need is to continuously put good stuff out there and people will find it. Uh, and then once you have that huge community, that big, solid, engaging community, then you can start to focus on your numbers a little more because you'll need to be able to pitch it to potential business partners. Uh, but right now, especially for those of you just starting out, ignore the numbers entirely. You will be much, much happier for it. I promise you. Now, the next idea that's a part of this cast today is the idea of doing your content for those people that are there. 
If you have one person that consistently checks in and comes onto your stream and chats with you, or even if they don't, frankly, if they're just there, if they're always around, you are making a difference in that person's life. Now, I just wanted you to think about that for a second. You are making a difference in that one person's life. And that makes all the difference. This one person that is coming into your channel, uh, possibly interacting or not, checking in on your social medias, whatever, they are taking time, their valuable time that they could be doing anything else at that time with, and they are choosing to spend it with your content. Just think for a little bit about how powerful that is. This person is taking their time and giving it to you because they appreciate what you are doing. Do not disrespect that by saying, oh, I only have one viewer. No, this is all terrible. I'm trash. This is all trash. You're all trash. I quit. Don't disrespect that. You as a content creator have influence. It may not be monetizable influence with a uh, like Coca-Cola or a Mountain Dew sponsorship or something, but you have influence over how this person chooses to schedule their life and to view and spend time on the internet. And that's powerful, you know, because a lot of people, they're, they're scheduling their week around when they can watch the next episode of their favorite TV show. And that, or that's very common or time to read a book or get through a series that's really popular or something like that. And this person, instead of maybe doing that is, or maybe they are doing that, they're choosing to insert you alongside of those things. So think about that for a minute. Instead of binging Game of Thrones for that particular minute, they are instead watching your stream. And then they'll go about their day or their evening or doing whatever else they were going to do. They are equating the time that they spend doing those other things with those big ticket promotions with viewing your content. That should just absolutely blow your mind right now that no matter how early on you are, the time that somebody is consistently spending with you, they are equating that as a value to themselves. They are gaining utility, to use an economic term there, they are gaining utility by watching your content. And because they are choosing to do that and also do these other things, they are essentially saying that these two things are of similar values, therefore I am doing both. They're, somebody is gaining the same kind of value out of watching and reading and engaging with your content as they do with popular primetime television. That should just be mind-blowing. <laughs> if that doesn't get you going in the morning, if that isn't all the stinking motivation you need to get up and get out there and do your best content every day, then I don't know how to help you. <laughs> to be perfectly honest about it because that is something that is just incredible to me to think about it in that sense so if you have one viewer or you have five or you have 10 or 10,000 whatever it is those people that are consistently there for you are choosing to equate your content with any other thing that they gain value or enjoyment from in their life do not misuse that or disrespect it because the truth is it could all disappear just like that.
And so if you if you are misusing that influence to spread things like hatred or racism or sexism or whatever horrible thing that you're using your influence to spread, then shame on you because you could be making the world a better place by spreading positivity, love, concern, empathy, all of those wonderful things, getting people on board with your favorite charity that you're passionate about. You could be doing that. But instead, you're spreading all of these horrible things. So shame on you if you're doing that. Those of you that are using that influence, even if it is just one person, to make the world a better place, keep going. Don't stop what you're doing. Keep making your content better. Keep getting better at making your content. And keep making the world better. Because these people are already beholden to what you say. That's why they keep showing up. That's why they are here day in and day out to engage with and interact with you and your content. They want to know what you think about big things. And so have, you know, have opinions, be positive, encourage people to go out and do something good today or do something better today. Uh, Be a better person, have those better relationships with the people that they meet, even if they're just random strangers. Think about that power. It's almost like the, you know, combining the idea of the six degrees of separation and pay it forward and everything else all into one because these all of these random people in the world are connected through you and your content and if you start spreading positivity to them then they can go out and spread more positivity to the people that they know and more people to that they know and pretty soon that one or two viewers that you have interacting with your content are out there creating this giant network of world building and good amazing things that are happening because that's what you started. That's what you started propagating. Now, the flip side, you know, is still a possibility. So don't be that creator. Don't be that one that's sitting there spewing all of these hateful things and and causing all of this negativity and gossip and bashing and everything else like that. There's plenty of that on the internet as it is. You see it almost on a daily basis. Places like Facebook and Twitter, uh, And Apple Podcasts and all that kind of stuff are are cutting people from their rosters almost on a daily basis because what they spread is is terrible stuff. Uh, and so regardless of whether or not you feel like it's just a political conspiracy, the point is these people that are out there spreading these awful things are getting shut down in a lot of places. And you don't want your content to be the next target. So... Be out there, be a better influence on the world, and you will not only see better success from it, you will see increases in your numbers uh, to a point where you can actually start to care about your numbers probably, uh, and and all the while you will be having this tremendous impact on people's lives and schedules and how they think, feel, and go about their days. And so I want you, even though you're not supposed to be caring about your numbers, think about how even those one or two people that you are interacting with on a regular basis, how you are impacting their life and making them into better people, just like I'm sure a positive community that you're building is making you a better person and a better content creator. You know, it it is a two-way street there at the end of the day. So if you promote positivity, you're going to get positivity back and that's going to make you feel better. You're not caring about your numbers, so you're going to feel better even still over that. Uh, And then when you think about that massive web of influence that you have, even from small viewership numbers, 
you just you should feel incredible. So if ever you feel like your motivation is lacking, or maybe maybe you're starting to feel like you're in a downward spiral as it pertains to your content creation and your content cycle, you know, just think about that. Think about the do it for the people that are there. Do it for the people that check in every week, day in, day out, and are there for you. Because at the end of the day, they're there to support you just like you are there to support them with your content. So I just wanted to kind of get those few thoughts out there. I hope they help. I hope they motivate the heck out of you on this great Friday afternoon. Uh, I'd love to know what you think. and I'd love to know uh, what techniques you use to stay motivated uh, and how you are using your influence uh, to promote better social welfare and and a better mindset for those around you uh, you can hit us up on twitter facebook and instagram all at the moose of doom uh, be sure to catch our live streams pretty much every weekday and most saturday mornings at 6 30 a.m pacific time uh, come in and say hi we'd love to hear from you and see who's all listening to this uh, if you ever have any questions you can also feel free to come in in that live format and we'll talk about it I'd love to get some live discussion going. So as always, please share this with a friend that you think could gain some value from it. Go ahead and look for the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and soon to be wherever podcasts are distributed. Uh, Drop us a comment, drop us a rating, like, follow, subscribe, whatever's available. Uh, We'd love to have you around as a part of this wonderful community that we're building uh, and the momentum is building quick. So thank you all for hanging out. Uh, I appreciate your time. I love and appreciate every one of you. We'll catch you on the next episode. Moose of Doom out. Hey everyone, it's Moose of Doom here with another episode of the Moose of Doom podcast. So like we've been talking about uh, now for a couple of weeks, we're going to finally get started on our multi-part series about how to do a business plan. A business plan is one of the key components of early and even late business success for a lot of people, especially here in the U.S. Uh, And so it's really important that if you're thinking about taking the plunge and starting a business or even wanting to get more out of your side hustle, uh, that you really strongly consider making a business plan. Uh, Today's episode will focus on the initial idea generation and get started on the components in a business plan, beginning with the business description. And we'll continue uh, on for the rest of the week and probably into next week with this. So why don't we go ahead and get started? First of all, if you want to start a business or expand uh, a side hustle, you, you need an idea. Now, if you're already operating a side hustle, you, chances are you have at least the basic idea down and you're already executing somewhat on it. Uh, but if you're looking to start something fresh, uh, you're going to need an idea. You can find inspiration from all sorts of places. Uh, the internet is a wonderful thing and YouTube may even have more specific examples of things that you can can look for. Uh, there are other great podcasts and informational series out there that can help you discover something that might make sense. But generally speaking, you're looking to meet a couple of criteria. You want to have something, one, that you're passionate about. It should be something that you are okay sinking hundreds, if not thousands of hours into uh, with little to no return at the start. You know, it's something, be something that you are just simply doing because you love doing it. That helps tremendously and will lead to all sorts of additional benefits later on down the road. 
the other thing that you want to be able to satisfy is there needs to be a need for what it is you're trying to do. Uh, solving problems that you encounter in your personal day-to-day life or your professional life, uh, if you have a career already going, you know, these are things that chances are you are not the only person in the world experiencing these issues and would love a solution. So, you know, keep an keep a, a, an eye and an ear open for things that you encounter. If you are traveling around uh, trying to pick up food, for example, and you notice uh, there are no uh, particular restaurants or style of food in your entire county, then perhaps there's an opportunity uh, for you to create that thing. Uh, or, you know, there are issues with package delivery in your area being sparse. Uh, perhaps there's an opportunity there. Uh, or public transit is you know, sparse, you know, and there's an opportunity for you to create a van pool or uh, um, a microtransit Uber type service in your, your local region. You know, these are all examples of how you would encounter a problem and then be seeking to solve it with your particular business idea. Uh, once you have the idea, then you need to define the scope. You know, how big am I wanting to go with this? Do I want to start out small and keep it sort of manageable for a sole proprietorship type uh, scope of, of a business? Is it something I just want to be doing on the side? You know, uh, or is it something that I want to take to an international level and I'm going to need you know millions of dollars in capital in order to achieve this goal. You know, you you have to you want to identify these things early because they will influence how you write your plan and the audience which will be reading your plan. Uh, next up is you need to decide right off the bat, is this something that I want to jump in feet first and and be all in full time immediately with? Or is it something that I I am better off or more interested in keeping part time, especially at the start? Uh, if you're only interested in going part-time, that's great uh, and, and, and totally viable for creating you know, great income off of a side hustle, but you do want to make sure that you identify in your plan that you will be part-time, here's the schedule and the amount of hours that I can commit to it, that sort of thing, because it will influence what you are ultimately able to achieve out of it. If you are full-time, then you can go, you know, you have 24 hours a day, seven days a week that you can commit to this business. And so time is not necessarily a limiting factor. Other things, uh, chances are like capital and return on investment and that sort of thing are going to get to you first before the time does. Uh, And then the next question that you need to answer is, uh, do I need funding for this? Uh, if, if you need funding to get started, how much do you need? Why do you need it? What do you expect to spend it on? These are all types of questions that you need to be thinking about because it will come up early and often in your business plan. Uh, and depending on the audience that is reading your business plan, be it a bank or an angel investor or friends and family, uh, that sort of thing, the they're going to want an answer to that because if they're going to kick money in, they need to know how much how much they are expected to put up, uh, and what they're going to get for putting that money up. Uh, And then importantly, uh, you do not need to get bogged down in the idea of a business name or even a solid location right now. Uh, If it's something that you're interested in having like a brick and mortar uh, residence or 
factory or something like that that you need to uh, be a part of. Don't don't let this hamper the writing of your plan uh, and getting started right now because these are things that you can work out or as you get into the financials or the feasibility or the market analysis and all that sort of thing you can decide okay maybe I am better off doing this as like a direct ship thing from home uh, or do I need brick and mortar do I need a factory do I need you know outsource contracts and that sort of thing to make this all happen those are things that will come in time and you don't need to let them uh, kill your idea in the idea state before it makes its way to paper uh, just because of those things. So to get started on your business plan, uh, you typically have two sections right off the get-go. You're going to have your executive summary and your business description. Now the executive summary is basically what we call your elevator pitch. The you know two to three minute spiel that you would give to somebody if you met them in an elevator and needed to describe your business or ask them to invest in your business. It's commonly found that this is more effective to write once you have the rest of the plan finished because you can come back and distill down all of your major points wants desires needs uh, business projections and that sort of thing down into that small uh, half page no more executive description so we'll revisit this later once we've we've gotten through more of the other sections uh, next up is going to be your business description. Now, it may be hard to complete this right off the bat, but you should have a pretty good idea uh, for at least 90% of the things that you're going to have in this. And this description, uh, there's really not a limit per se on how big or how small this needs to be. It should be thorough because if somebody just needs the quick highlights, that's what the executive description is for. The business description is more to organize thoughts and sort of act as the, the preface for the rest of the plan and what is to come. And in this description, you want to make sure that you describe what or who you are, uh, what, what kind of business is this, what is your industry that you're in, what is the size of that industry, is it growing, is it shrinking, what is your place in this industry, uh, and why, why do you work in that place? What makes this business successful in the position that it will be in in this industry? Uh, using you want to make sure in this description that you're using as many actual statistics uh, and, and truthful anecdotal evidence uh, to go along with all of this information to really solidify okay here's who we are here's where we're at and this is why it'll work uh, and then you want to make sure you're describing things like uh, what do you do? do are you a a retailer are you a wholesaler uh, are you a service-based organization? Are you a charity? You know what? Where do you fit? What kind of business type is this? Uh, and then you want to be able to answer questions like, how do you do what you do? Uh, do you make your money by, uh, you know, distributing through a particular uh, distribution channel, and that's why you are profitable? Uh, how do you advertise? How do you promote the business? What kinds of promotions can you run to attract attention to your business? Uh, and how do you handle customer service? Uh, are you business to business, business to client? Uh, are you sort of like a, a manager between those two things? You know, how do you interface with the public? How do you plan to serve the customer? Uh, and if they have problems, questions, or concerns, you know, how do they reach back to you? Uh, and, and continue to help your product or service evolve. 
Uh, next up, you need to be able to identify what your target market is. Uh, if, for example, if you are a content creator uh, online, who are you targeting as your audience? Uh, is it males between the age of 21 and 35? If so, you probably can get away with a lot of stuff that you couldn't otherwise, as long as you're not being you know, racist or hateful or that sort of thing. If your target market is children between the ages of, of 8 and 14, then you should probably consider uh, the kind of language that you use because ultimately it's the parents who will be responsible for uh, deciding whether or not the children get to watch your content. Uh, if you are a, a product seller, a retailer, and you are mark, your target market is, is, you know, 15 to 17 year olds, you know, or, you know, being as specific as possible, you have to keep in mind that the parents still control the checkbook largely. And if the parents aren't happy with your product or service, they are not going to shell out for their children. Uh, so you have a different way that you go about marketing and selling your products depending on what your target market is. Um, now, you want to try and be as specific as possible here, but you will get into more detail later with some of the other uh, sections like your market strategies and your competitive analysis. Uh then you want to. Then we can really get into describing the product or service that you are offering. Uh, what applications does it have? How do people interact with your product or service? What do they use it for? What are they achieving or solving with this purchase or the use of your your service and products? Uh, and then describe what are any unique points? What makes you different? If you are selling uh, ballpoint pens, what makes your ballpoint pen better than, you know, the budget pen that you can just go pick off the shelf at any office supply store? Uh, if you are an accountant, why do people choose your accounting service over, you know, a big three firm? Or if you are a content creator, why do I spend three hours a day watching your content over somebody who's already existing and established? Uh, and so you want to try and shed as much light uh, and as much detail as you can here because this is where somebody's really going to start to get into the meat and potatoes of your business plan. They're looking for, okay, what what of substance is here in this plan that I will be investing in or that I will, will buy into by viewing or following or, or being a part of the community? You know, how, however somebody chooses to invest themselves into your business and your business plan, this is where they find out what substance is there. Uh, and then if you do need financing, you also want to begin the talks in the business description of why do you need the money? How will it be used? What is your payback schedule roughly look like? Uh, you know, how will you be paying the money back uh, if it's something that you have to pay back? And you can sort of preface the idea of the return on investment that you expect to see. Um, you know, you, you put this much money in and over five years, you're going to get you know, 5% per year back, or we're going to see, you know, triple digit growth after, after 10 years or something. And, and then you can, you know, buy out of your shares or whatever the company. Um, now the idea here though, once again, it's one of those ideas you don't want to get bogged down too much in because you will go into this in much more detail at a later time. 
in this modern age of writing business plans, it's also good to know that there are plenty of resources out there. The internet, like we've said, is a magical place full of so many incredible things for you to take advantage of. You have things like the Small Business Association with SBA.gov. That's, that's um, SB, as in boy, A.gov. Uh, you have universities, both local and abroad, that uh, publish template business plans or, or business ideas or ways to get started on different things that are all student projects or born out of competitions at those universities. You can find a lot of those resources online for free. Uh, and then, you know, just Googling things like business plan competition or template or help, you know, you can find a lot of that stuff online once again for free. You can find scholarly articles on, you know, the advantages of writing a plan a certain way or to a specific audience or, or just generally help with writing your plan. Uh, there's also other resources, uh, things like Small Business Development Center. Uh, there are a lot of these that are typically set up in a regional center. So if you are just outside of a large metro area, chances are you have one of these or something similar to it that will help you um, get started on a business plan or help foster your idea in its early stages. Uh, and you can look for those. And the resources there, I'm, uh, it, from my understanding, range from free to um, moderate pay schedules that you can take advantage of. And then the other great equalizer is uh, YouTube. There are millions of hours of content on YouTube that you can watch to try and help generate ideas or to help like uh, shore up your business plan so that it really helps you achieve what you're trying to achieve with it. Uh, it should also be noted that there are a number of great business incubators uh, around the country and these incubators essentially allow you to rent out desk space or office space uh, and they help provide you some of the tools you need to get started so if you are a, a small like accounting firm or something like that and you you really just need a desk to work at you can either work from home or you can go into one of these incubators rent a desk uh, and then you typically have the advantage of things like community resources copy machine fax machine phone lines all that sort of thing uh, and a lot of them will even have uh, community reception uh, where phone calls come in and they get routed to you. And so somebody sort of acts to screen calls and take messages for you. So you don't directly have to hire an employee right off the bat to get started. The incubator has a number of employees on hand for you to utilize. Uh, and you paying your rent for the space that you're using help to cover their costs for those sorts of things. The other great thing about incubators, um, and I know I'm kind of spending a lot of time on this compared to the other resources, but uh, I feel like a lot of people have heard of what an incubator is. Uh, these incubators also have other businesses in them. So you may be sitting next door to, uh, say you, you are uh, an accountant. You may be sitting next to a financial advisor who is starting their business or is getting their business off the ground. The two can play together and you can share clients and you're not cannibalizing one another's services, um, but you have a lot of uh, symbiotic relationships that you can use to grow each other's business and the value for your clients. Uh, or you may be an accountant and you are next to the um, budding next top talent 
management agency. And now all of a sudden they have a number of clients that they're getting uh, gigs or jobs for. And these clients need help with their finances, managing their money, paying their taxes, that sort of thing. Once again, you have access to sort of like a captive market of clients that you wouldn't otherwise have if you weren't working out of that incubator. And then once you've reached a certain size, of course, you can leave the incubator space, you know, expand uh, into your own facility, hire your own personnel and that sort of thing. So these are all great resources to look out for uh, and then never underestimate the value uh, as we've talked about before of networking, just getting out there and meeting people Find people in complementary or similar industries to yours. Find out, you know, the pitfalls to getting started or or if you have a different take on how they're doing something, you know, find out maybe how they did it uh, and, and help foster those industry relationships that are going to help make your new business successful. So with that being said, I'd love to hear how some of your early business plans are going. If you have any questions for how to get started or where to generate ideas from, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at The Moose of Doom. Uh, And I'd love to have some live conversations with all of you about how the the business plans and the business ventures are going, things that you are experiencing in your early careers as as an entrepreneur and a new business person. Uh, You can find us most mornings at 6.30 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, on fb.gg slash the moose of doom so that's facebook.com slash gaming slash the moose of doom uh, you can find us there uh, we'll typically be playing a lot of different games but you know always open to the conversation that this kind of topic invites uh, because at the end of the day even content creation is starting a side hustle so love to hear from you please 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 share this episode with a friend or somebody that you think could gain some value from it we are still on our daily release schedule and we'll probably maintain this for the the near future you can find the moose of doom podcast on anchor spotify google podcasts and soon to be wherever podcasts are distributed thank you all much love you are all so greatly appreciated we'll see you next time bye-bye